Hello and Happy New Year. My name is Sheila McGregor and I'm delighted to welcome you to this, the first in a series of podcasts on sense and spirituality for the year 2022. Welcome. Over the past 22 months, many people have posted comments to Facebook saying that the coronavirus, COVID-19, is God's will and that our current suffering is part of some predetermined divine plan. If this is the case, they argue, there is no point in fighting it with social distancing or by wearing masks or by getting vaccinated. After all, if COVID is all part of God's good plan, everything has been predetermined and we should just let the virus run its course. No need to worry. These same people would likely argue that other evils are all part of God's plan too. The time your cousin was killed in a car accident caused by a drunken driver. All part of God's plan? The times you miscarried or when your baby was stillborn. All part of God's plan, they would say. The suffering you experience when your marriage fell apart. All part of God's plan. The downturn in the economy which led to the loss of a job you loved and needed. All part of God's plan. The time your best friend was raped. All part of God's plan. The millions of people who lost their homes and family and friends because of war or hurricanes or wildfires or mudslides. All part of God's plan. Your partner's struggle with cancer. All part of God's plan. Your child's addiction to meth. All part of God's plan. Well, I don't know. This is not the plan of any God I could worship. This God is a monster. Thankfully, this is not the loving, caring, and compassionate God that Jesus revealed to us in his ministry. Now, I hear some of you say, well, maybe God is just trying to teach us a lesson. Again, I'm not buying it, friends. Think of the last time you heard of a parent punishing their child by inflicting harm on them in order to teach them a lesson. A parent who places the hand of their four-year-old on a hot stove in order to teach them not to touch the stove when it is on is not a good parent. In fact, we would likely be phoning CAS or reporting the parent for child abuse. Others may say, well, you know, maybe God does not actually cause things like the pandemic or any other evils, but perhaps God has allowed such things to take place in order to teach us a valuable lesson. Really? To take the hot stove example again, would you really just stand by and allow your friend or family member to place your child's hand on the hot stove and not do anything to intervene? I don't think so. If you could save your child from harm or illness, would you not do so? No one would call you a loving parent or friend if you did not. 
Even more people today are posting messages about the good that can come from the current coronavirus pandemic, thinking that God may have allowed the pandemic in order to make room for acts of goodness and kindness and noble self-sacrifice. It's true that there are often important lessons to be learned about life when we live through difficult or challenging times. Many of us find a resiliency we did not know we had. Or the enforced restrictions make us realize what really and truly and ultimately matters in life. Not more and more stuff, but more time to cherish loving relationships. That's all good. But does God really have to send a pandemic and cause the excruciatingly painful deaths of millions of innocent people just so that I can wake up and realize what truly matters in life? Theologian Thomas J. Ord writes, and I quote, Good things will come from the evils we currently face. Count on it. But we shouldn't say God causes or allows evil for this good. It isn't part of some predetermined plan. Instead, we should think about how God squeezes some good from the bad that God didn't want in the first place. Finally, to argue that God's ways are a mystery and we just need to accept the evil and sickness that happen in our world is just a cop-out, I think. It certainly does not reflect the message of Jesus, who taught us to work against evil and who tried to relieve people's suffering whenever and however he could. Ord says that there is another more helpful way, and I agree with him. Listen to what he says. There is a better way to think about God's will and the coronavirus. This way says God wants to defeat the virus. God desires to prevent the deaths and destruction we currently see. This way says God loves everyone and everything from the most complex to the least. And God always actively engages the fight against the coronavirus at all levels of existence and society. But God can't defeat the coronavirus single-handedly. God needs our help. In this time of struggle, God needs the best of medicine, the best from social leaders, the best from each of us. I call this view the uncontrolling love of God. This view says God's love is inherently uncontrolling. And because God loves everyone and everything, God can't control anyone or anything. Well, this is the God we meet in Jesus Christ, the God who loves us and all creation and who calls us to do the same. And the best way to love ourselves and others during this new wave of the coronavirus involves some very simple but important steps. First, wear a mask. Second, practice social distancing. Thirdly, get all your vaccinations, including your booster shot. And fourthly, 
if possible, stay home. As St. Paul wrote, love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it does not dishonor others, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. Love always protects. Love always protects. And so should we, friends. That's it for today, friends. Be sure and check out Thomas J. Ord's book entitled God Can't, How to Believe in God and Love After Tragedy, Abuse, and Other Evils. In the meantime, stay well and safe. See you next week.